Y'all ready? Oh, yeah. Nope. Here we go. Back to May 11th, 1984. I wonder what's playing. Charlie McGee is an ordinary child, normal in every way. Charlie, now watch what you're doing. But one, she can set things on fire with just a glance. Daddy, I'm scared. But there are those who will do everything to control her and maybe destroy her. Charlie McGee is Stephen King's fire starter. Will she have the power to survive? Rated R. Starts Friday at select theaters. Check newspapers for locations. Cool. This is Drew here with Ashley. Hey. And Derek. Yep. And you are listening to New Release 1984. Each week on New Release, we travel back in time to 1984 to watch whatever movie just hit theaters. Ashley, what did we just watch? Firestarter, a Stephen King adaptation that stars young Drew Barrymore. Which we also heard in the trailer. So <laughs> I, made, <laughs> I made you repeat it there. Um, That's fine. Do you have a tagline for us, which was also in the trailer too? Yeah. <laughs> Will she have the power to survive? Eh. Not, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they nailed that one. Um, so once again, I wrote my own. Y'all ready? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Firestarter. She likes everything. Well done. All right. Okay. <laughs> sure. Why better, not? <laughs> better than my 16 candle joke. Um, Ooh, moving on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how do you, how can you watch this movie if you're interested? We, I watched it on the stars channel, uh, streaming through the stars channel. You and Derek rented it on Amazon prime. Correct. I rented it on Apple TV oh. for four for four bucks. That explains why y'all were slightly off on the start time. Ah, yeah. yeah, could have mentioned that sooner. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we've I don't know if we've talked about this the last couple episodes. I think it's um, it's worth mentioning that what we do um, since we're not together in person for these movies is we pick a start time, we sync up our copies of the different of the same movie. And we hit play at the designated time so that we're basically watching it in sync and we text along as we go. So it's sort of a, a group watch, um, but best we can do without being in person. Anyway, there are VHS copies of Firestarter abound on eBay for <laughs> around uh, five bucks. So before we jump in, Ashley is going to recap the entire movie in 30 seconds or less. Derek, start the clock. All right, Ashley, go. Oh, all right, um, so a couple participates in an experiment where everyone dies except for them, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> in that experiment, they develop telekinetic powers. They then have a daughter named Charlie who develops pyrokinesis so she can set things on fire. Um, the shop or government agency comes after them. Oh, they, end up, they end up killing his wife. Um, then the, then Charlie and Andy, her father escape and then they get captured. Then the dad dies and then Charlie lights everything on fire. Woo! Ooh, good timing. Um, <laughs> we'll get to the, the kind of the post ending eventually, but that was good. I, it, it, uh, it reminded me of a question I had, um, watching the movie. So it was really clear from 
the the eyes that the dad and the mom were making to each other in the experiment room that they were gonna it was a flashback so we already knew drew barrymore was uh was born at some point but um do you think because the mom had sort of telekinetic powers and the Mm -hmm. dad well they both had some sort of the mom could like read people's minds and the dad could uh change people's minds do you think they um they inseminated each other um, or if he inseminated her by telekinesis it's terrible (laughs) (laughs) well i'm just saying like basically they were having like sort of a a sex scene from across the the hospital beds they're Uh, having a mind meld so no i didn't think that i don't know i don't think we can rule it out okay fine you can have that one (laughs) (laughs) um this this incredible story um that doesn't seem at all derivative because at the time it probably was sort of original but it's been it's been sort of ripped off since then i mean maybe there's like comic book characters also that that have had similar abilities but um it came it comes from the mind of stephen king so i was curious uh, we're not going to spend a ton of time on going through the 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 illustrious and very vast career of Stephen King, but do you have one adaptation that you want to single out as your favorite, Ashley? Yeah. So my favorite stand by me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and I saw that as a kid and I just remember it was just a really good story, very touching story and very simple and not horror. So as a kid, I really liked it. Yeah. I, I was looking through some, you know, top X number of movie lists and it's, it was the non it's Shawshank Redemption and um stand by me or yeah it's stand by me not the stand not to be confused with the stand <laughs> um when you write that many books you're gonna have some some overlap that that are often near the top of the list even though of course he's most known for uh being a master of horror uh he wrote mm-hmm. um he's a master of writing kid characters clearly <laughs> from this movie uh derek you got one yeah, uh, something that's nostalgic for me from my childhood is the stand. Mm. The, oh, it was like so a the other part stand movie. miniseries, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of relevant in today's day and age. Uh, super virus that like leaked out and wiped out most of the people. I I was even yeah even as you were saying that I was confusing it in my head. So Stand by Me is the one where the kids are walking down the train tracks. That's a really memorable scene. They find a dead body. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, they're looking. Yeah. The whole point is there's like these four boys and they hear about there's a dead body somewhere. Yeah. And so they go, they go on this trip to try and find it. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that like the relationship between the kids is the really the standout uh, element of that movie. And then, you know, I don't really remember the stand. Uh, I probably watched, probably watched it when it originally aired or, or at some point a while ago, but it is a, that is a good topical uh, movie to revisit there. I've never, I've never watched it. So maybe I should. Yeah, get on it. I uh, I was trying to rewatch some Stephen King movies this week just to uh, fill in some blanks or confirm what my own favorite was. I only ended up watching two. Um, I watched The Dead Zone, a Christopher Walken one that also had Martin Sheen. So that was in kind of playing like an unhinged uh, bureaucrat character. <laughs> Pretty, <laughs> I, I will get to it, but man, his performance, like when he's yelling about they when they finally get her to demonstrate her powers and he's yelling about like we're gonna bring this to the supreme court i just <laughs> had no idea what was going on there like what, no 
Yeah. So um, <laughs> my favorite uh, adaptation to answer the question everyone's dying to know um, <laughs> is the second movie I watched this week that was uh, a Stephen King movie, Christine, <laughs> the killer. Oh, not to be con- So yeah. <laughs> I, I, brought, I brought it up to Jamie. Um, shout out once again. Uh, and she was like, oh, the one where it's the evil uh, trucks. I'm like, nope, not, nope. not that evil car movie. Um, <laughs> Just other, one car. <laughs> this other evil car movie. Not the movie that featured a um, semi-truck almost running someone over or hitting someone, which happened in this movie and iconically in uh, Pet Cemetery. Um, but it's the John Carpenter-directed Stephen King movie where this high school kid who's a loser, wears glasses, um, gets a completely dilapidated old car and somehow fixes it up into a perfectly, um, you know, pristine original shape car, takes off his glasses, slicks back his hair, starts like ignoring his friends and drops out of school, leaves his parents' house. (laughs) Um, You know, I don't know whether it's the car. I mean, it is the car, (laughs) like, because the car has powers, but um, it's a pretty awesome, like, high school, high school movie and john carpenter director of halloween and the thing and it's it's fresh in my mind i mean it's almost my favorite john carpenter movie after rewatching it um the thing probably deserves to be the, the at the top of that list but um yeah he's one of my but favorite directors and it was it was awesome to rewatch. does christine end up kind of like falling for him like the car doesn't she like protect him like kind of fall for him and that's how she kills people to like protect him or something well, because he's so cool now and he has a hot car um which we've seen works in 16 candles as well uh he gets the hottest girl at school okay (laughs) Um, gotcha but i mean she almost seems she's not into him for the car actually she is into whatever weird um air of air of mystique that he has now and she's also new to the school so she didn't know he was uh not 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 cool but she when they're like at the drive-in it's pouring down rain um just a weird like way to experience a movie but but like very nostalgic and and cool to watch and they they're like making out he starts to reach below her blouse and christine like uh i think that's when she like tightens the seatbelt on her yeah i remember that locks him out of the car and basically i mean she gets really close to, to to dying but yeah so Christine gets a little possessive to answer. And the first time you watched that, was that with our grandma? Was that that with Boots? So I remember watching um, Leprechaun with her Mm -hmm. and some other, yeah, a bunch of horror movies. I I remember Christine. I could have sworn we watched that. We must have. I mean, uh, yeah, we we used to go like have um, sleepovers (laughs) or whatever, uh, (laughs) spend the night at their house for the weekend. Yeah. And watch a bunch. So it, it didn't like really st- well i mean i'm sure if you rewatched it it would be like a whole new experience but it's not mm-hmm. one that i knew i was gonna like love um so okay. i confirmed that uh but yeah back to the wait movie. so it was yeah. really quickly so yeah. it wasn't the langoliers that wasn't your favorite <laughs> yeah wow well, that, Dude, that was on my list actually <laughs> with the That's... pac-man creatures that destroyed the world that's probably that. one of the most nostalgic ones, like in terms of, I remember it being such an exciting movie event, you know, it mm-hmm. was one of those multi-night. Uh, Made for TV. Yeah. I remember like, 
I want to say one of the cliffhangers was one of the places that left off in between nights was when they're after they're at the airport and they get on the airport and then they show they I think that it's the first time they show the Langoliers like starting to yeah Pac-Man Pac-Man their way through space and time mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <like, laughs> which they, is super cheesy but it was, bad. was great it was yeah. great yeah there's a a dark period between um in the 90s like the 80s a lot of the 80s special effects and we'll talk about the ones in this movie hold up because they had to do a lot of it practically there's a mix here for sure i'm not sure how they did some of it but mm-hmm. in the 90s it's like early cgi and all of it's almost uh, uh, un- unwatchable now um unless you just <laughs> want to watch it for its pure like cheese value mm-hmm. so, but the 80s stuff really holds up i mean there's christine had this um probably even more than this movie car explosions were just there was no amount of pyrotechnics that were off limits for uh, <laughs> a, a mid a low to mid budget movie like man it's really impressive how much shit they just like explode in these movies so, uh let's do let's talk about the characters in this movie a little bit uh we like to put ourselves into the roles of some of the key characters or even a side character. So I've got mine narrowed down to two, but I'm going to go last. Ashley, do you have a character that is um, most like you or <laughs> you want to live inside of? <laughs> yeah. Weirdly? yeah. This is yeah, really weirdly. Um, this is a really tough one because there wasn't any characters that there are only a couple of characters that are likable really. And <laughs> the other ones, you know, all right, great. So I don't want to do this, but I'm going to choose Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> she was I mean, a badass. I mean, and for like a little girl and she was, I mean, she was eight, um, eight in real life and eight in the movie, Drew Barrymore. But yeah, she was great. I mean, she was learning to harness her powers. She took out the bad guys. She protected her dad. I what mean, about, what about her acting? I really I, liked her acting. Yeah. Although it was like 90%, well, not 90%, but like 60% crying. I felt really bad she had to cry like all the time throughout that movie. But crying, that- squinting into the, <laughs> yeah. into the wind, sweating. Um, yeah. <laughs> she, it, was, it was, as you would expect from an eight-year-old, a little like, uh, all, a little uneven because like she would all mm-hmm. of a sudden like deliver a line that was like really, really emotional out of nowhere but like without you know that was that could have been a problem of the, the script i mean i yeah i agree i think she was she was awesome. she was great yeah mm-hmm. i mean i was impressed i when we were first talking about this movie last week i don't know if i mentioned like was this her breakout role but her breakout role was was et right yeah she was yeah. a younger sibling yeah so that was two years before this but she didn't have much to do in et i mean this is the first role where she was like more conscious of her decisions i mean i would Mm -hmm. i would assume yeah um so yeah i i agree she was awesome performance a really like empowering character (laughs) um (laughs) pretty like because she had her mother's empathetic empathetic abilities to some extent she was Mm -hmm. very like thoughtful and she had some she had like a couple notable tantrums that were sort of plot devices but like for a kid with that much power mm-hmm. <laughs> she handled it really maturely so yeah and she was very i mean when she accidentally set that guy on fire in the airport <laughs> but then but she I, immediately cried and felt bad but she was like protecting the woman he was with i don't know i really i really like charlie thought yeah. she was a good character good call derek you got one yep 
Mine is from my IMDb at least. He's called the old man. <laughs> Irv. Uh, his name is Irv Manders, but uh, yeah, the, Irv Manders is a badass who kind of takes Charlie and um, Andy, Andy in, yeah, and it also sticks up for them with uh, bringing out a rifle and pointing it at uh, those FBI dudes. Yeah, the the men from the shop or DSI. The shop, oh, the shop. yeah, yeah. yeah They're also yeah. called DSI agents. Um, for I forget what that acronym stands for. The FBI, basically. Um, mm-hmm. So the th- the thing I thought was cool about him is like he gives them a ride. I guess they're like hitchhiking or something, and he gives them a ride. They're really hungry, so they they take them in for lunch, and he can tell that like something's odd. So he's he gets the he gets his wife to take Drew Barrymore's character outside so we can talk to the dad and like I don't know Drew Barrymore does something at lunch to kind of that kind of like uh, triggers his spider sense but he doesn't he doesn't like freak out I just thought that scene was well handled they like um, he he the dad immediately says like yeah that was not my real name yada 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 and he's like yeah I I, I knew that. It was just, I thought it was well handled by, mm-hmm. by the older, the older gentleman. And then he still handled, hands him a beer and they like, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. He was, he was good. Good character. Then the dad proceeds to like lay out the entire conspiracy complete with like case numbers. And we were yeah. one of the people that got the lot six, uh, uh, the lot six formula and, and <laughs> like, okay, he doesn't really need that. that right. Doesn't need all of that information. Yeah. <laughs> but it it can otherwise it would have oh okay i guess what i what i meant to mention is like what the what the old guy's worried about is that he either kidnapped this girl or he's abusing her or you know and he's like you don't she doesn't seem like she's here against against her will but he's really like he's concerned for the drew barrymore character because of the con- like the context of the situation and he should be mm-hmm. um but the guy but the dad is so like aside from when they they for good reason like lie to him at first just about their names um the dad is very very forthcoming <laughs> so yeah. kind of kind of wins him over um and it's it seems like the old uh older has has really good instincts mm-hmm. well that and then when the agents are on their way like drew barrymore's character um charlie can sense it yeah. and so she starts like boiling things in the kitchen like the butter melts and like certain mm-hmm. things happen and so the old man and his wife are like oh he was telling the truth like immediately they knew that's true i mean if it hadn't been for her getting a chance to demonstrate the powers really really quickly after that story it <laughs> right. might have been more incredulous i mm-hmm. yeah the butter was just just sizzling and um everyone is perspiring a lot in this movie <laughs> yeah. uh, when do we want to talk about uh the the hair blowing effect uh because <laughs> we can talk thoughts. about it in the loved or hated part okay yeah 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 good call um the last thing i wanted to mention from that scene was the devil thermometer <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was like at the top of their thermometer in the kitchen as it was getting up to like 100 100 plus there was like a devil at the top of the old yeah. farmhouse thermometer that was cool um but we should yeah i mean that we can just go into to loved and hated because that whole scene she like where they try to try to seize her and she lays waste to the tsi agents and <laughs> mostly their cars was was pretty awesome um what's 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 one for you ashley loved or hated? Uh, i loved 
all the fire and like the fire i love the fireballs that was like yeah. a good little homie bait. like she just yeah. shot fireballs at people and just destroyed <laughs> everything and that was incredible to watch <laughs> so that's what i loved <laughs> they did a good job of building up to that like obviously mm-hmm. you know her powers are gonna escalate one of the creepy um older doctors comes in and is yelling at martin sheen's character and he's like you see what she can do now wait till wait till she goes through puberty and <laughs> yeah. like, so uh. but she doesn't we don't get that far this takes place in the course of like a couple weeks <laughs> but yeah um but yeah the, even the best fireball kills by the way is oh my god when she shot that guy and then he flew up into the tree all on fire Oh my oh, god. Yeah. Well, that was that was one of the best guys flying through the air on fire scenes, but I mean, you could, you, we could even go through a whole list of just shots like that. Yeah. <laughs> right before that, she like sent three uh heat sinking fire, ooh, heat sinking, um fireballs into the woods <laughs> and mm-hmm. like hits one of the guys and for some reason he flips back towards her <laughs> like yeah. through the air um <laughs> as if he was like blown out of a tree or something, but that was awesome and then the other guy yeah the one derek's talking about like she shoots it sort of down at his feet um so it explodes the ground and sends him on like a a 45 degree rocket angle into a tree (laughs) it's 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 really incredible um man yeah i i there's nothing i hated so i can't really think about um i don't really want to go down that road uh I'll, Mm -hmm. i'll 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 just say I love the music. I mean, of all the movies we've watched so far, we haven't really gotten to like iconic uh, 80s scores, I wouldn't say. Mm-hmm. And this one, obviously, is not one that people talk about <laughs> today. No. But, well, yeah. I was just saying the funny thing about this is, so the scores by Tangerine Dream, who did mm-hmm. a lot of scores throughout that, um, throughout the 80s. But they composed the whole score for the film without seeing the film and just sent it to him and was like, here, just pick whatever you want and put it wherever you want in the movie. And it just worked. That's really? crazy. Yeah. I, I've Isn't heard, that crazy? Yeah. I've heard other stories like that. It happened way more commonly than you would think. I guess like uh, we're conditioned to imagine this person in a dark room, a dark screening room, like uh, Jason Siegel and, and uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, <laughs> where you're watching the movie and you're, composing along to it or in the old days like john williams has an orchestra playing along to and i guess they're like watching the movie while they're the orchestra plays but mm-hmm. i think if you have a sort of a formulaic if, if you know the style of the movie you can basically um like score it without without seeing it and then this and then the cool thing is they can edit the um movie to the music versus the other way around so like they can actually like the editor can cut the scenes together um to fit with the music which mm-hmm. seems backwards but it kind of it actually kind of makes sense so um that's a that's a cool little uh nugget there yeah and <laughs> yeah i mean the christine was john carpenter and his other composing partner did the music for that so that was obviously he's his soundtracks are some of the most memorable from from the time, but I thought this one, there was the scene where the dad comes home and he's looking for uh, his wife and then he's looking for Charlie. Um, turns out his wife was positioned on the um, ironing <laughs> board in the closet after being murdered, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like Halloween style when they open mm-hmm. the, the, the wardrobe and a body like flings out. Um, 
that jump effect yeah does it, does it make more sense for a, a psychopath to like set up the bodies to to pop yeah. out in a, a, a dramatic way or, or for dsi agents i mean definitely a psychopath well, that's what i was thinking i was like it seemed like it was on the verge of like horror and then i was like not really i mean it wasn't a horror movie but they had like aspects like that where i was like oh it could be was it a horror like book this, i don't i don't know i mean it was up for a, a horror film award yeah, I mean, so, well, I think just with Stephen but, King's name being attached to it and people dying, it it yeah. probably like gets thrown into that. But definitely more if you want to label it like a thriller, um, mm-hmm. you know, almost an action action thriller. Uh, yeah. But yes, you know, but we won't we won't get into how people define the horror genre. But um, it felt more like a superhero movie than than a uh, like a superhero origin story, which is which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the you know when we hadn't seen a million of them so uh are y'all ready for a new segment i've said are y'all ready three times now so that's like fine it's fine <laughs> I'm gonna go yeah for i'm two ready more. <laughs> it's just in All right, this just in is where we do breaking news from at <laughs> the time when this movie came out. So I've got the um, box office, the weekend box office report pulled up. Uh, Ashley, have you looked at this yet? I haven't, nope. Okay, so, well, that makes sense because it's hot off the presses. Yep. Get it, get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so this was not the number one movie. Uh, the number one movie is a movie we'll be talking about uh, later in this episode uh, because two big movies came out this weekend. Number one in uh, the weekend of May 11th, 1984, was Robert Redford's The Natural, a baseball movie that some consider a classic. But we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that. So number two is a movie we've uh, one of our favorites from the, the podcast short run so far. Got a guess there? Break in. Break in. So <laughs> not 16 Candles, yes. which came out like uh, last week. Break in, which came out um, a couple weeks ago, is still at number two. So um, Firestarter finally comes in at number three. It made $4 million its opening weekend. I didn't look up. Uh, do you have the, the totals handy, Ashley? If not, that's fine. I do not, know. Um, I, I don't know whether this was a hit or not, but we can um, we can confirm that later. So I don't. I should have. I should have looked into this. For some reason, um, at number four, Friday the Thirteenth, the first movie we did just had had a hundred and seventy three percent increase. <laughs> um, so maybe they put it in more theaters. Maybe it was like a weekend. People were really in the mood for horror. So. For some reason, that jumped up back up into the top five, and then rounding out the top five was uh, Sixteen Candles, the movie we watched last week. So, not a bad, not a bad uh, opening weekend, and um, yeah, that's that's your box office update for this week. Ashley, um, do you have some also uh, brand spanking new? Uh, reviews for us i do i do actually instant reactions reviews. yeah instant reactions um they're not great but <laughs> it's okay <laughs> really so which i was surprised by but anyway um one of them is by gary arnold at the washington post it was actually written um 
well, recently, I guess, May 19th, 1984. Mm -hmm. um, his review is the latest would-be terrifying shambles abstracted from the endlessly boiling literary pot of Stephen King. Firestarter also litters the screen with a higher percentage of excruciating performances than any stinker in recent memory. Wow, I feel like that's pretty rude. His writing, <laughs> reading his writing, is an excruciating. Okay, I, uh, I get it. Like, I, I, let's not let's not kid ourselves, though. I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, oh no, you're fine. Let's not kid ourselves that we thought this movie was going to be remembered as a as a big like critical hit. I mean, it's it's. I would like to think it was a crowd pleaser at least, but I'm not surprised that some snooty critics didn't didn't love it but what else you got um so from roger ebert 84 mm -hmm. the film's crucial flaw is the lack of a strong point to the story a little girl has her dangerous power some government agents want to examine her others want to destroy her and things catch fire that's about it what was the wait what was the that crucial flaw? awesome though <laughs> is a lack of a strong point to the story hmm yeah Which, i mean it, like he wants a message from it well and my thought is do you think the point is that they were they were like training her to like go up against like like as a weapon, a government weapon, right? Well, they're running tests on her see, and like trying to get her see her ability. I don't know if he means a thematic point or a plot point, but I kind of mm -hmm. I guess I do agree more on the plot confusion aspect mm -hmm. of it because yeah, I it was it was unintentionally vague what they were actually trying to do. I mean some there i think there were competing interests within the the the, the shop like mm -hmm. some people wanted to harness her power for evil and some people just wanted to destroy her yeah so i think i think they the um the very uh, weird um badass older guy with the ponytail um who death chops the uh, the doctor the doctor just wanted to kill her like he was the one comparing her to a nuclear not saying that she could like once she hit puberty just destroy gonna, everything she was going to be able to create nukes um, with her mind mm -hmm. so yeah um, you know and we all know what puberty's like once again it's good that we have a, a female on the show to explain, you know <laughs> to compare yeah. atomic atomic floor to, to <laughs> menstruation Makes yeah basically the same thing yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, when you when you get it the first time it's it is like as we've learned from Carrie, another great Stephen King adaptation. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's not right. fireworks. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, do you have a good review? Um, I do. It's not like a powerful one, but it's something. Okay. Um, so Chuck O'Leary in 2011, he's just, um, I don't think he's like a like renowned critic, but he said a scene stealing performance by a menacing George C. Scott, who plays Andy, the father, mm. um, and a terrific musical score by Tangerine Dream elevate this entertaining companion piece to 1978's The Fury. Now so, we're talking. I need to see The Fury. Oh, all right. Yeah, I know. I was like, now I want to see The Fury. I think so. I have a like. Pretty sure we saw that. I think you remember when we got, we went to that Goodwill and I got those um, Selectivision like. Uh, what were they wild, called like Those, disc things yeah they were like yeah. a, a medium that was not laser disc that, that has like grooves on it they're the size of laser discs but it's 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 red like a record i think one of those was the fury because it looked cool but <laughs> i can't watch it because they don't make uh uh selected this selective vision uh players very easily uh, uh findable so 
Um, yeah, though he hit on the score, he hit on the performances. I mean, that's that. Those are the highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking that before we went into trivia, we kind of glossed over, and we we do this a little bit at the end, but uh, we kind of glossed over whether we liked the movie or not. I mean, what was just your overall impression if you were writing one of these reviews? I really liked it. <laughs> just, yeah, I thought it was well done. I thought the acting was good. Drew Barrymore was great, and yeah, I was more impressed with it than I thought it would be because I going into it, I was really excited. But I was like, this is going to live up to my hype. Is like when I watched it when I was twelve, or you know, right? But I thought it was really good. Yeah, I I'm recommend. kind of in the in the same boat. I had high expectations for entertainment value, but not for you know like a, a rock tight uh, or rock right. solid like you know script and and everything else. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I feel like when you would, especially when we're talking about movies uh, that we either saw decades ago or came out, you know, uh, 30 plus years ago, it's even, even more so if you're evaluating a, a new movie, it's all like a balance of what your expectations are versus what the, re, you know, how good it turns mm-hmm. out to be. It's, it's like, that's going to be the whole thing that colors your, your response. I mean, is, right. is like what what you expect going into it so yeah i went into it being like i think it'll be really good and have a lot of fires and that's what i'm excited about <laughs> so, there you go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i wanted so derek are you on the same page yeah i i really liked it um even though there might be no like real story to it yeah yeah i liked it yeah it was great i mean imagine that this like was a comic book character and you know exactly. we already knew yeah. mm-hmm. where she was now and this was her i mean this would be an awesome origin story not that we need um firestarter 2 i don't know if anybody right. looked into that uh, oh well, how, yeah <laughs> okay uh so yeah let's do you have any uh, uh interesting nuggets of trivia i do um which i think we talked about this briefly but so the film was originally going to be directed by john carpenter Yes. Which would have been incredible. Yeah. I think. That would have completely changed the whole movie. It would have which would be would have been more like a horror movie, which would have been cool. Um, since he's big on the Halloween and he's incredible at doing those movies. Um, so they ended up getting this guy, Mark Lester, who also directed Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, you know, they went a different route. <laughs> yeah. Which is unfortunate. Um Carpenter was cranking out movies in the eighties. I was just trying to look up real quick if he um like do you have a, did you did you see anything? Oh, that's when Starman came out, which we'll be doing yeah. later this year. So did he just pick this pick another movie over this, or was there any info about why that fell through? They said they removed him from the project because of mm. after what they got after the critical drubbing they received for the thing. So I guess they weren't happy with what happened. Oh, man. Right? Oh, yeah. Wow, what a fucking miss there. So they just, yeah, they messed up. <laughs> that movie is notoriously um that's like the the classic example that people bring up of critics like not getting it at the time. So that that does sort of make sense. It was it was a a big critical and um commercial failure, which is so like unfathom, unfathomable now. Mm-hmm. But like that does that does sort of make sense because I guess they just had really high expectations for that movie um, to be successful in every every way, and it was. I mean, it, it absolutely is, and it's like holds up better than any of these movies today. But uh, but that's funny. So okay, so yeah, they removed so. him, and he made Starman, which is probably the only Carpenter movie I haven't seen. Um, so I'm really excited to save that for the the podcast. 
Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Um, few more things. So yeah. Gen- Jennifer Connelly also auditioned for the role of Charlie. That Drew Barrymore got. Which so I how- don't know if this before or after the labyrinth. I was trying to think of timeline wise. Like, was she big because of the labyrinth? I guess it had to be way before. She was, in a, be she was in a horror movie, um, a Dario Argento horror movie, um, like Phenomenon, Phenomenina, or some it's some weird okay. um, play on Phenomenon. But uh, so yeah, um, she might have been. It makes sense. She kind of, I think, in that movie, the character might have had telepathic power. So maybe that came oh, okay. out later, and she just got the <laughs> the other yeah. telepathic uh, role. And then the labyrinth came out two years after that. It came out in '86. So. Would she have been older? I mean, I don't know if you know, but would she have been older or young? Would she have been the same age as Drew Barrymore? In real I'm going to say she was older because the labyrinth was two years later, and she looks a lot older than yeah would have been eight. So really cool um, that. I mean, I guess we 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 talked about this for Sixteen Candles, but the it can't be understated how important it is to have like. Uh, a person with the the skills of Drew Barrymore uh, holding a performance like this when you want to actually cast an eight-year-old to play an eight-year-old. Right. Uh, <laughs> not many eight-year-olds would be able to pull that off. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's it's pretty, pretty impressive. And that was like a thing that all throughout the the Stephen King adaptations, like, you know, that the It, the it movie and, and uh, Stand By Me, like you, like you mentioned, like it's really hard to get those kind of performances out of kids. Yeah, and they hold true. And they had, I mean, especially in Stand By Me, like the cat, like the child actors were incredible. Yeah. So. I mean, and, and I almost, I mean, this is pure speculation because I haven't seen of any of Mark, is it Mark Lester? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, I haven't seen, I don't know if I've seen any other Mark Lester movies, but I, I would say his direction held the actors, the performers back. Uh, just guessing by the way, some of the performances that are given like I, Martin Sheen's. So he doesn't get credit for like being a child whisperer. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, <laughs> it was it, true. My, I, I wouldn't. I mean, that would be my my guess. So mm-hmm. no, I agree. Um, there was a kind of sequel to yeah Firestarter. So it was salacious. It was a. Uh, I don't know if maybe there's a couple of them, but the one I'm talking about is the miniseries, the original mm-hmm. sci-fi adaptation. Firestarter 2. Um, the tagline's actually too hot to handle. So that's no, that's better. That's <laughs> that's good, you know? Well, because it's um, it's the sexy Firestarter, right? Yeah. So she's like a teenager in high school. <laughs> and it's actually played by, if you're familiar with What Hot American Summer, the girl who plays Katie, like the cute brunette. Oh. She's the one in the Firestarter 2. So interesting. Um, yeah, for I can I'm I I'm picturing like the girl who plays Carrie too, with because like she has curly. Uh, oh yeah oh yeah we skipped over the hair stuff (laughs) i want to talk i I just want to i want to do a hair aside because um i had this theory (laughs) that i was testing out on jamie while we were watching so one the obvious answer for why her hair uh, has to blow up in the air um like she's on a a photo shoot when she's starting fires is it just looks cool and Mm -hmm. (laughs) it wasn't going to be uh cinematically satisfying enough to show a close-up on her face and maybe they could have added a little sweat um but like they need the the blowing hair to just really make it look cool on camera uh, but there's also the dad who has very um poofy hair very <laughs> very voluminous um like mullety uh hair swayze mm-hmm. you compared him to who'd you compare kurt him to? russell kurt russell meets mm-hmm. meets patrick swayze meets you know 
Um, he's he's probably a really well-known dude in his own right, but excuse us for not being George C. <laughs> Scott uh, completists. He, when he's about to use his power to turn a $1 bill into a $500 bill or other, or get like a 60 cents worth of change out of a, a, <laughs> a, tele, a pay phone for their big getaway, um, he has to grab his head and like push out his hair as well um, <laughs> to like make his powers kick in. So I think like the powers only work, like your brain is working so hard that it pushes your hair out from the sides of your head, if that makes sense. Uh, sure. <laughs> I'm, de- I'm demonstrating it right now, so it makes sense. Oh, I it get makes, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he would also get like crazy. I feel like he got like crazy migraines and headaches. So he was more like alleviating the pressure by pushing on his head, like to try and like eh. offset it. Come on. <laughs> and I think that if they had, I think they could have easily had Drew Barrymore's character, um, Charlie, instead of like her hair blowing all crazy, I think she should have been like dripping in sweat. Yeah, I think that yeah. would be cool looking. And that would made more sense. We could have had a, uh, like, Barrymore spritzer person permanent, like, never never yeah. more than a couple feet away from her. Just, just, just like, throw buckets of water on her. her. I'm just kidding. Well, yeah. I mean, they could have. See, that would have made her hair too flat, though. I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't think. Yeah. I think sweat, I mean, sweat sure. will only get you so far, so. Sure, we'll play, like, the head, the head hair game. Sure, it's yeah. fine. Um, oh, and the other the other thing that reminded me of is the dad. Every time he uses his powers for really silly purposes, even though his power is like extremely uh, profound, really, yeah, he can just hypnotize people for multiple days. We find out later, <laughs> or at least mm-hmm. like from uh, mid afternoon until late at night, um, he he uh, hypnotizes the, the Martin Sheen character to do whatever he wants but it gives him nosebleeds which evokes um a movie i mean a show that evokes movies from the 80s and stephen king stuff constantly um which is stranger things did derek you have that music handy nope (laughs) (laughs) that's okay people have heard it so there's a lot drew barrymore's character is not exactly 11 but a kid with um telekinetic powers her powers specifically pyrokinesis uh starting fires with with your mind but she also has parts of her mom's powers she has parts of her dad's powers too i don't know how so hypnotism slash you know controlling people's mind control is is what her dad can do her mom can read minds how does that result in fire I don't know. So that yeah. was part of when I was watching. I was like, but how did she end up with like pyrokinetic powers? Like that doesn't make sense to me. But maybe by having a baby, the whatever that was like, what was it called? The compound that they injected them with? Lot six. Yeah. Oh. Well, maybe like lot six, like splits, and then it becomes like something else in their body, and then it develops. You know, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand all the mysteries of of DNA and and um, telekinetic uh, child conception. So <laughs> yeah. They, my guess would be that it's just, uh, I actually do understand it. So um, my guess would be that she's just really powerful. So they can do stuff with their minds, but she can do like um, explodey stuff. (laughs) Explodey stuff. (laughs) She can do stuff that makes more, you know, of a visual impact. Yeah, but she never controlled anyone's (laughs) mind though. She was just fire, right? She read people's minds but didn't yeah didn't control them Th- i think that was because no the, the little girl did yeah she could read her dad's mind and she could see when the cards were coming and stuff 
Oh yeah, she could like sense when something's. She awry. could tell when okay. when someone yeah. was lying to her, um, except for the badass ponytail dude. Yeah, which I didn't uh, understand, but that's. I okay. think he was. She was when it was convenient for the movie. You know, she was an eight-year-old kid that still has like a lot of emotional uh baggage and is easy to mm -hmm. manipulate so and she I mean, trusted him yeah makes sense yeah i think I, yeah i think that actually did make sense so um yeah anyway let's uh do you have more trivia or should we move on to tropes trope it up wait cool. i've got trivia oh dude i i didn't Sneak know attack. that that was martin sheen first of all mm -hmm. i described him as the guy that got excited about the experiment lighting wood chips <laughs> we have a quote for that too yeah and he reminded me of emilio estevez from the mighty ducks uh-huh oh yeah which makes sense because martin sheen his real name ramon gerardo antonio estevez is the dad to emilio estevez and charlie sheen yep charlie yeah. sheen's real name is carlos Irwin estevez <laughs> Yeah, I've, I I I knew, just didn't know that shit. I knew that connection. <laughs> I I forgot their names, and I I was watching something. With, well, I was watching the Dead Zone with Martin Sheen, um, which was a couple years before this, and he looked exactly the same. I feel like he looked the same for a long time. Eventually, he's got really well known for The West Wing, but you know, um, he's in Apocalypse now. He's a uh, I think there was some resistance to like um, casting him in, in movies. Oh, it was, wait, it was Emilio Estevez uh, for the breakfast club. They didn't want to cast him just because he was unproven at that time. And, and he, mm -hmm. you know, just because his dad was a proven um, uh, force in the acting world, apparently they gave him a really hard time auditioning for that role. So, uh, but he mostly, mostly lived up to it so cool yeah that's that's a that's an important it's like there's some powerhouse actors in this obviously drew barrymore at the at the top of the list even with the uh age gap but uh, charlie martin sheen's character like i i think that was a writing slash directing issue with a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of that performance um he was he was fine, but when he dialed it up, it just didn't uh, it didn't seem to make sense. So yeah, I just pictured the director being like, "Okay, you're doing great, but just go from like a five to an 11. He's like, "Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, sure." Like this this is a big breakthrough. <laughs> like, really sell it. Yeah, uh, like, oof, a little rough. The, but. the the other script issue related to him and and just related, I guess, to what Ebert said. The not only does the plot not like their motives not make sense it's they they sort of lead you down this or i mean maybe i was over overthinking the movie but the um the badass ponytail dude you just think you you feel like there's going to be a twist the whole time where mm -hmm. he's he's got these burns um he's got a, a a cloudy eye that i guess he's he can't see out of because he puts an eye patch over it halfway through the movie for some reason just randomly yeah yeah like drew barrymore had already seen him but maybe she was so absorbed playing playing what video game system was she playing? I don't know. I'm gonna say Atari. But I don't know. Yeah, it probably should, it probably would have had to be Atari. So maybe she didn't see him when he first came in the room. But the next time I, he comes in, he's wearing an eye patch, and that's how he like gets her him to seem more vulnerable to her. I yeah, assume that's his plan. And not more scare, more intimidating with an eye patch. I don't know. It was very strange to me. 
I mean, it kind of worked. Part. He was a he was a really good act. I'd say his performance, aside from hers, was probably the best. No, I agree. Um, and I wanted there to be a twist. Like I thought he was gonna be a good guy. Like I couldn't remember from growing up watching it. And I was like, oh, like he'll be good and he'll like protect her. And I was like, oh no, he's just a bad guy the whole time. Yeah, I thought he was their dead, their dead grandfather who wasn't dead because he his face was burnt. But that was just a coincidence from from Nam, apparently. Yeah. Where he I, I, I loved his monologue about uh <laughs> he, he, crawling around in the dark, uh, hunting for for big spiders and eating them and like Yeah, it was a whole yeah, that was he he was giving his his uh Oscar real performance during that whole thunderstorm scene. Because mm-hmm. but it but it's really kind of brilliant. Um and I don't use that word lightly because <laughs> he's laying it on super thick because he is it's an acting job within the acting job. He is acting to Drew Barrymore to convince her to to trust him and it works. Yeah, that's what the director told him to do. Just yeah great job martin <laughs> mark <laughs> so, it's mark i think <laughs> yeah, whatever martin lester sounds that's more appropriate yes so for some reason the the tv tropes website if i guess if there's like a, a source material that's um not the tv show or not the the movie they they go with the book um so here's one badass adorable <laughs> <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Baby Charlie. Charlie is a cute, blonde haired little girl who is capable of vaporizing people with her mind. <laughs> I wonder Aww. what uh, other. Oh, they show like a, a cute anime character on the, the main page for, for that. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else we got here. That's just, we're just in the bees. Um, Wait, not to derail this, but does that yeah. anime character have pink hair? She's in all pink. Okay. Let's see. Derek. It reminds me of Elfin Lead. It's um or Elfin Lied. I, I'm not sure how it's pronounced. It's May Sakura on oh, okay. uh Niggy Springfield. So he shouldn't be allowed to be that cute and that strong. It's not fair. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> not as got it. Not as meaningful as our Xander quote. Um <laughs> we got we got Daddy's girl, no explanation needed there, aside from some creepy um dad on daughter PDA. But just chalk that up to kind of awkwardness of the time. It was, it was mostly very, their relationship was, was really touching actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost chose him as my favorite character. He was a really good dad. Oh, I didn't do mine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll make it quick. <laughs> Necromancer, the horse <laughs> because of the name. Um, I knew it. <laughs> um, Necromancers yeah. in the barn. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> awesome name. Course. Awesome name for a black, a black stallion, um, a black steed. The only, the, the thing that almost changed my mind, like during the climactic barn scene where uh, if you're going to set the end of a movie and something that could go up in flames at any moment, good, good, good choice there. Uh, and then the horses were kind of used as, as hostages so that she didn't set the whole barn on fire. But uh necromancer was you know in in one of the stalls and i was just certain that uh drew barrymore was going to come riding out of the flaming <laughs> barn too. on the horse too, and they missed I was that hoping. opportunity yeah. might have been like a uh, child protection issue or no i don't, I don't know <laughs> she already rode the horse earlier so uh, yeah that might have just been they didn't have the the stunt budget after they were about to unleash dozens of fireballs. They say, <laughs> if, if I had to choose between her riding the horse or the fireballs, I, I, they made the right choice, but fireballs. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so dramatic wind <laughs> is a that's TV one of the tropes, tropes? Yeah. oh no apparently this this is something i should have researched but the film it says the film of the book features this so i'm guessing that that was sort of um oh and film of the book is a, a trope within a trope but I, I, I'm guess, that implies to me that it was a purely cinematic invention, which was which was kind of my hunch. Like it would be weird to have that described in the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't unless you like King, a, but yeah, unless you like evoked a storm and it was like lightning instead of fire, or you know, that's like, a good point. I mean, it was kind of storm storm esque, stormy. Mm-hmm. So um, Charlie's hair starts to blow around, then straighten out <laughs> when she uses her powers, if they say so. Um, sure. Let's see what else we got here. I'll do one more. Um, ooh, this one was fun. Immune to bullets. I don't know how that's a um, TV trope, but right. um, she becomes one of one of the escalating powers that that she gains is the ability at so uh, let me back up back to the barn with the 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 flaming stallions um all the horses make it out alive by the way so yep she is confronting the um evil ponytail dude he shoots her dad in the throat upsettingly (laughs) not the middle of the throat so he can still give his dying uh speech to her to to leave and if she has to kill people, so be it. Just make sure she gets out of there. Yeah, just um, kill everyone, basically. Yeah, and I was like, to go where? But they answered that in a very satisfying way. We'll get we'll get to that. So she um, says goodbye to her father, and then the guy who um, you know has a hurt hip because the dad made him jump off the top of the barn onto the the ground. <laughs> he could have made him jump head first, and that was right. That's, effective, yeah. But whatever. Or have him shoot himself. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking his, was going to happen. That's his fine. powers were so dumb. I mean, like, I, I already described some of them, but the way he used his, his powers to flip the channels on the TV to change, like, Martin Sheen was going to strangle him with a, with a, like, cord, and he changed that into a snake instead of just telling him not to strangle him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it was funny, but, like... So anyway, the dad uses his powers to make the guy jump. The guy jumps, but he just hurts his hip. So he shoots the dad in the throat. They say their goodbyes. And then Charlie is, he's about to shoot Charlie, but she, as he shoots, the bullet stops midair. It stops like a little sooner than midair because basically what she does is she explodes the bullet and Mm -hmm. it explodes him, right? I... No, because she sets him on fire. Did she just? Oh, maybe she just explodes the bullet. She explodes so the bullet, and then her. she. Yeah, exactly. I thought she was going to turn the bullet around and shoot him with it. It was. It made more but. sense this way because turning it around wasn't really her power, but it does seem within her powers. I mean, who knows what her powers are really? But well, well, and she set him on fire and threw him against the barn door. So if she can do that. She can turn a bullet around. It's the fire, like the same wind <laughs> that blows her hair. Also, oh, okay, blows, blows people in whatever, her, whatever oh, her cool. Hair whatever cool looking direction it would it would be for the shot so her heroin got him okay yeah. got it so that, she explodes one bullet but then later when uh, all the dsi agents are trying to uh, take her out they're just shooting um emptying clips at her and, and the bullets like they they basically just hit her denim jacket and and, and uh, they don't explode they just like uh ping off of her yeah so. okay. 
Yeah, cool. All right. Well, those were a few tropes. And what's next? So, um, Stephen King was in the news. Uh, wait, that's from that's from modern day. So, suspender. We're gonna we're gonna get back in the time machine and and go to twenty twenty for a second. Um, Stephen King was actually on Colbert this week uh, because he was um, promoting a new book, If It Bleeds, and. I hadn't seen many interviews with him. Um, and, you know, they talked, of course, about the pandemic and, and a few political things. But I know Derek watched this. Uh, we don't have to talk about it too much. But I just thought he was really sweet and endearing and, and likable in that interview. So. Super creative, dude. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was, it, was, it was a nice interview. And then they made um, – this will segue us into our next segment. But – they basically played a little game of which character would you least would he, Stephen King, which character of his would he least like to be trapped in with during the lockdown? Um, can y'all oh. guess? Uh, Ashley will have to guess since Derek knows the answer. <laughs> yeah. um, the dad from The Shining. That was Colbert's follow-up uh, mm-hmm. answer, but the actual answer is, is pretty obviously worse than that. Um, <laughs> have you seen the movie Misery? I haven't. No. Okay. So Kathy Bates' character from Misery, you've probably heard of the infamous I've heard scene. of that scene. Yeah. yeah. So that's, mm-hmm. that's probably the right answer. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's his choice. So every answer is, is right. Um, just like every answer of ours will be right when we play Rank the Blank. I love nice. it. <laughs> that was appropriately like superhero-y. So here's our rank the blank this week. You are a perfectly normal eight-year-old, except for one thing, similar to the movie. Um, so that one, that one thing, as we learned, could be all the, make all the difference. Um, and remember that you're an eight-year-old. So think about, you know, put yourself in the mindset of, uh, of a juvenile. So you have, we're always going to do one that is, is from the movie itself. So your one thing is you have the ability to start fires with one glance. Okay. Number two, your child actor on the verge of stardom. That one's also inspired by Drew Barrymore in real life. You are the president of Mars. <laughs> you play in the NBA. Uh, that one might appeal more to me. Or um, this one might not seem as cool as being president or playing in the nba but if you're eight wouldn't it be cool if you have a personal chef can you not put your opinion in the rank the blank before i talk <laughs> i'm just trying to you know <laughs> trying to i'm trying to hype them up a little bit so yeah where do you where do you want to start well do you want me okay so you just kind of ruined it for me but that's okay um mine from an eight-year-old <laughs> perspective would be yeah. a personal chef because uh-huh. what kid doesn't want that like you wake up, you have whatever you want. You can have candy, like homemade candy. You mm-hmm. have anything homemade that they candy. want. Like this, well, whatever, like, whatever you want your chef to make. It's just kind of cool. And as a kid, you're always wanting like desserts and treats and stuff. So I, that'd be my one. I thought that one was good because, um, you know, as I came up with it, <laughs> because, <laughs> um, the irony is that you are like, you have such an unsophisticated uh, palate 
at eight mm-hmm. years old, you're like going to be getting, yeah, you're going to ask them to make you candy and cereal and um, yeah. mac and cheese and pizza and stuff that like any, that doesn't require culinary skill to make. Right. Um, but like just one, it gives you the power to uh, have anything you want for like, no, this, uh, this um, question assumes that like there's no parental involvement. So you have free reign to eat whatever you want and you have someone mm-hmm. handing it to you. Um, so yeah, I think there's a strong case there. Yep. Um, that's, I, I haven't really thought about it for myself. I know if I was, if I was eight, you know, every eight year old kid who's into sports and into, into basketball, like basically played out the fantasy scenario when, when you're shooting in your, in your driveway that, you know, there's three seconds left on the clock and, and you're in the, you're in the NBA for some reason and you get the final <laughs> shot. And the cool thing about basketball is that even at eight years old, you would never get into the game. You would never get the shot off. You would never, you know, <laughs> be in that position, but you can, mm-hmm. you can simulate the shot, like the distance and, and stuff. Like you can make the shot that you would make it's just you would never be in that scenario. So it does make for a pretty good, like, fantasy. Uh, no interest yeah. in being president of Mars? So that was my second one, just because as, like, an eight-year-old, you'd think that you'd want to own. It'd be cool to be like, I'm the president of a planet. Like, it seems really cool, even though you don't do anything, you know, with the planet. Um, so I thought about that one. as like, at first, I was like, oh, that'd be really cool to an eight-year-old. And then I looked at the chef, and I was like, personal chef for sure. That's like the classic uh, eight-year-old decision-making process, right? Right there. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. I could be, I could be like on another planet. I could be president. I could have all these cool things. Right. Or exactly. I could have mac and cheese. Yeah. Or I could have mac and cheese for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, the chicken nuggets. Um, right. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna I, let's let's talk about the movie ones real quick because one is the the power that we saw in the movie specifically, and the other one is the true life story. Um, somewhat tragic at times up and down uh mm-hmm. story of of a child actor and i think there's these stories of of drew barrymore getting hooked on hard drugs like yeah at, like uh, in her early teens and flashing um, david letterman on live tv yeah mm-hmm. so she's she had the whole like spectrum of of child actor to happy ending um adult career but you know if you're an eight-year-old remember you are going to school people have seen you in movies like you're probably homeschooled but whatever let's just say you 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 know you're famous like that would be pretty that would be pretty darn appealing mm-hmm. you don't know I mean, like that you don't know have your adult perspective of like the trauma and bad things that are going to come come with it and yeah right and i'd rather have that than and you're rich to start like, fires so yeah i was gonna put one on here that just was like I was going to make them all movie premises, like you like have a blank, blank check. check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I f- like, basically, if you're on the verge of stardom, you're going to be rich. Um, you know, if you could be, if you could have Drew Barrymore's cur- like real life trajectory or Shia LaBeouf's, mm-hmm. which one, which one would you go with? Oh, well, that's a, <laughs> I really like Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. So. I don't yeah. think that's too controversial to say. He's like in a good moment at the, at currently give him. <laughs> six more that's months true. we'll see that's true peanut butter falcon come on um he had, had a really good last year yeah for his image he, well he was good at the, even i grew up watching even stevens so i'm gonna go shia labeouf even though he had like a few years of who knows what's going on with him um yeah 
but he's yeah and especially because i just saw honey boy and peanut Butter falcon so it's kind of hard to yeah i mean we have a lot of insight into his child life because of how autobiographical that movie is so mm-hmm. um, they they probably i don't know if he's ever like done an interview it'd be interesting to have him and drew barrymore talk reminisce <laughs> about their their uh their life yeah the fire thing i mean one scene we didn't talk about that was really um emotional was a flashback to her and her parents so um when the mom is still before she gets um uh, position on the ironing board he they have a really touching like uh, moment um with dinner where the dad is holding <laughs> holding these really long like tongs or like fork <laughs> thing with a piece of toast on the end so that he can train um drew barrymore how to use her powers safely i mean he has to like tell her i thought that was really cool because it would have been horrible parenting to not explain that she had the powers to, mm-hmm. to, to her and then um, to teach her how to use them responsibly so um but she struggles with it like you might imagine for an eight-year-old she burns the toast unforgivable um <laughs> because it was her last it was her last piece um <laughs> and she's because she's a perfectionist she wants to keep keep training but um the father or no the mom the mother yeah the mom is like no, that's enough for today. You're 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 tired. You know it's time for bed. And she throws a little mini tantrum and you know starts yelling at her mom. And then she sets her mom's oven mitts on fire <laughs> um, by accident, of course. But mm-hmm. that's the danger. Like that's the downside, obviously, of having uh, these powers as an an eight year old. You know, as the as the Spider Man quote goes. So I don't think. <laughs> I think the the other answers are less complicated. Right. Uh, yeah. I might go with, <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to assume the best of my eight year old self and I'm going to go with the president of Mars because I do have okay. a, a real <laughs> fascination with uh, space travel. Um, and so if only I had been born uh, to Elon Musk and Grimes, I might actually get to live out this, this scenario. Uh, congrats. Congrats to those parents this week. What would your, no. what would your name be? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do, do y'all know how to pronounce their baby's name? Yeah, but they actually, I read an article and they ha- they can't use that name because they're not allowed to use symbols like that. In, you can use um, that name California. on Mars. Right. And Mar- on Mars would be fine. Yeah. So Not on Earth. So That would be, that. that is going to be a one powerful baby. So yeah, <laughs> either a super, a super villain or uh, uh, the savior of mankind. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah i i'm gonna go with mars you're going with personal chef derek yeah um you want to weigh in how about you guess what mine would be i think you're gonna guess correctly <laughs> oh no pressure i don't know um it's not the nba it's it's either chef or child star nope starting fires oh, dude. Oh. <laughs> oh, <duh. laughs> wow okay that was obvious I, yeah derek is I've a, been a, pyro. a fire master I've been a pyro as a kid and then grown up as an adult. I love fire. Wow, That's, Drew. Bad yeah, pick. <laughs> that, that was, a, that was a, friend, a friend failure right there. Um, <laughs> we've had many of uh, shared fire experiences, none of which have involved the band Caribou. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> last, um, last few questions here, actually. 
One, mm-hmm. this is a leading question. How many awards did this win? <laughs> okay, so it didn't win any awards, but it was up for two Saturn Awards, which is like the mm. sci-fi horror and fantasy awards that they've been doing for decades. Um, so it was nominated for Best Horror Film, but it lost out to this movie that I want you to guess. Ooh. Um, any hints? Gremlins? <laughs> Yeah, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Nice. So, that was great. Um, so it lost to Gremlins. And then it was also up for the Young Actor Award. Um, but she also lost out. That's to ridiculous. Someone. Oh, well. Um, who? Okay, well, let's hear it. So who do, you think, who do you think she lost out to? Another child actor, also 84. Yeah, I mean, oh, I don't dude, know. What's I'm... the... Oh, fuck. Uh, Jason? I feel like Derek... What's the what? dude's name from Jason? No. no, not anybody from Jason. Oh yeah, Corey, Fe- Corey Feldman. Yeah, oh. Corey Feldman. No. Well, that's no, that no, is no. a good guess. I forgot already that he no. was in that. Derek, um, you would. I feel like Derek really likes this movie, so I'm surprised you don't know who it is. Also, and, the name of like yeah. a punk band. Mm. His character was the name of like a punk band, punk rock band that to, I listened to in high we're school. Gonna to, we're gonna have to phone a friend. Okay, um, so it she lost to a Treyu, Noah Hathaway. From Neverending Story. Uh, yeah, I've never seen it. Oh, I thought you. For some reason, I thought you like loved that movie. Also, fail. <laughs> What's <laughs> Fred fail? There's a punk <laughs> band called Neverending Story. Just I'll try you. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> um, I have not heard of that band though. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's. I guess that movie was also featuring Fred Savage. Somehow they could have both oh. been nominated for for uh, for that category. <laughs> That's a good uh, dance, stiff competition. I there, mm-hmm. I would say the the they probably gave that to the movie, the person in the movie that was way more you know successful at the time, right? So, but this is a powerhouse performance. Mm-hmm. Any Ashley awards this week? Oh, maybe like the hottest movie of '84. You know, okay. standard. Yeah. There isn't a really good one. Sorry. Yeah, we'll see if we'll that see if we can enough. if we can find a, a hotter movie and not make it creepy. <laughs> so, how eighties is this nineteen eighty four release? This is a tough one. Uh, I don't know, the begin. I'm gonna just chime in here. The beginning yeah. is super eighties. Yep. And then the time period kind of. I just got lost in it after that. I feel like we need like five categories, like sound, mm-hmm. music, same thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> sound and music. I meant to say sound, uh, wardrobe, like setting. Clothing and wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's super high on the Stephen King uh, scale <laughs> it's just, because it's the Stephen King adaptation. So that's very 80s. Um, like child actors, I feel like is an 80s thing in general. Uh, and then the score is very 80s, but not, it's not overdone. It's not uh, 16 Candles. Thank goodness. Uh, yeah. To twist the knife there. But um, <laughs> the score was like the perfect amount of, of score, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'd say it's, 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 it's pretty high on the, on the 80s scale, but wardrobes were lacking. Um, yeah. Except for a couple key Drew Barrymore outfits. Uh, uh, the apple sweater and then whatever she was wearing when she was playing Atari. So that's, that's double eighties points there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course uh, the computer equipment and kind of like it, whenever they show technology, it's like, 
of course it's going to feel very very 80 so gets a few points there as well yeah i think it's pretty high yeah i'd give it like an average 80 score i don't know i think it's because there's only a few characters in it and at one point they were like with like the older couple and they're like on a farmhouse so like that's not really there's no 80s around that you know there's like certain parts of the movie where i just didn't if i were to watch it now i'd be like i'm not really sure when this was filmed so, I think I think you're yeah you're hitting on the the, the setting category like mm-hmm. not the most 80s setting although a Stranger Things esque setting um, in terms of just like rural rural America yeah um, a very Stephen King uh, type setting and and also the action and like pyrotechnics <laughs> couldn't yeah. be more 80s I mean right the exploding the explosions. Um, yeah, that's a good quadrant point. was 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 very hit, 80s yeah hard, so <laughs> lots of i mean i you can almost draw a one-to-one linear equation between how many cars explode and, and how many how 80s the movie is so mm-hmm. i'd say at least laugh, don't worry yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's um let's do our last question here so rewatch remake or both i would actually i'd so we rewatched it and I really enjoyed it, but yep. I wouldn't, I would like a remake of it. And I think that they should have John, Cop- John Carpenter come back and make like a horror movie Firestarter. I think that'd be really cool. Well, he needs a comeback for sure. He's still <laughs> like, he was involved in the latest Halloween. Uh, he didn't direct it, mm-hmm. but he, he composed new music for it. And he's still uh, alive and working, uh, but he hasn't made a good movie for a while. Um, yeah. So that would be awesome. Outside of that, magical scenario this is kind of the same answer till as last week we it's strange it's stranger things it's all sorts of like superhero movies there was this movie midnight special i don't know if you saw that where it's like Mm-mm. a michael shannon movie um and a kid with uh superpowers i think our boy adam driver might be in it um oh nice as kind of like one of the government officials that's, that's cool. trying to get his his uh uh, amazing hands on 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 the kid so yeah i think i mean the rewatch i recommend uh, we all mm-hmm. had a great time remake i would unless yeah unless you get like i i want to see i i just want to know what john carpenter's version of this movie would have been like but mm-hmm. i also wanted that to i want to know what it would have been like in 84 not what it would be like now um, I'm not saying he's not still skilled, but like he was at the peak of his his powers. Um, yeah. At 84, and that would have been that would have been really something. Well, and it would have been great to like see a horror version of this movie, like an actual horror movie. Firestarter. Yeah, I wonder how much darker it would have been. I mean, the thing is, if you're gonna have a kid in the in the middle of it, you obviously have movies like Poltergeist and stuff where you can mm-hmm. kids are effective. Uh, um devices and 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 horror movies but it would have only gotten it was yeah it was just more of an action premise so yeah he probably would have the thing i noticed about christine was the cinematography like there is some like there's these shots of people um a dark road and they're running in front of the car and they're just lit by the headlights obviously they could just veer off the road (laughs) but (laughs) but it's so awesome i mean like it follows, which I think we all love, um, uses a lot of Carpenter influence. And I mean, the, the cinema, there would have been iconic like shots and moments from the movie, not just because people were like 
flying into trees after being hit by fireballs, but they would have been shot <laughs> in artful ways that mm-hmm. Mr. Um, Martin, Martin Lester just wasn't, wasn't capable yeah. of. But he's, he's got to be really excited that he's getting his name, whether we're saying it right or not, mentioned on well, a podcast. Well, it's Mark, so you're not. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't imagine people have said uh, Mark or Martin Lester on a podcast this many times. So, <laughs> Derek, yeah, what do you think? Remake or rewatch? Uh, rewatch. Leave, leave it up to X-Men to, to remake it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I actually laid out the, the only scenario mm-hmm. where where it, it would work um you know even if they remade it as a show then you just have st gosh i really hope um i don't know why i censored myself there um, <laughs> there's like whole somebody says like darn gosh it or something in the movie really cheesy but uh i really hope stranger things four finds a way to get back into production safely and uh comes out later this year like it like it was going to anyway so let's move into what's playing next week uh derek do you wanna you wanna play the trailer you really are a riddle aren't you what are you trying to hide anyways no one knew who he was what do you know about this guy max not very much where he came from we're not kids anymore Nothing's ever the same. Stranger Things, shut up. Or what he was after. <laughs> I don't have any secrets. Maybe, but I do. But they knew he was the best that ever was. Best there is now, best there ever will be. Robert Redford, The Natural. Starts Friday at a theater near you. It sounds like he's a baseball player that also <laughs> shoots guns. So I don't really understand the trailer, but... <laughs> There was an explosion in there. Yeah, I heard well, explosion and like some sounds like shooting. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just an obligatory. Even though this movie, um, The Natural, starring Robert Redford, uh, I think is set in the forties. Um, <laughs> Perfect. So there's that. I, what I wanted to do here is um, give my best argument for why we should watch The Natural, but if my argument is not compelling enough. I'm going to give you five alternate options of movies that also came out in 84, but they came out before uh, we had started the podcast. So they, uh, we missed, we skipped some, some good movies be, just because of timing. So here's my quick case for the natural one. We're trying to watch movies as they come out, you know, on the calendar. So there's, there's that, um, the natural and firestarter came out the same weekend as we mentioned so we would sort of be keeping on our our um time travel timeline um this movie the natural ranked came in at number 49 on vulture's top 50 sports movies of all time just ahead of sea biscuit so oh yeah okay. that was kind of a joke um a joke <laughs> one, but it was not what vultures is yeah vultures a culture um a culture online uh, publication and uh yeah it's oh, it's in the top 50 so <laughs> it got not it will be one of the most um nominated movies uh, definitely that we watched so far for more prestigious than uh, the jupiter or the saturn awards so there's that um you know <laughs> robert oh i skipped over robert redford um ashley do you can you even picture young robert redford in your in your mind what does that i looked him you? up he's a he's a he's a babe like a total yeah. babe he's turned so not to compare Very him handsome. to like you know peak brad pitt or something um even as an old man 
Yeah. Yeah, I he's, mean, he's very attractive. Okay. Well, so don't get too too hot and bothered. Um, <laughs> here's a quote from uh, a, a podcast mogul and sports writer, Bill Simmons. Any best sports movie list that doesn't feature either Hoosiers or The Natural as the number one pick shouldn't even count. Let's just pretend it never happened. Okay? Okay? Talking about, like, let's pretend the list didn't even happen. So, um, <laughs> Who's Bill Simmons? Bill Simmons um, writes uh, as the, as the um, leader of the website The Ringer. He uh, used to write okay. for ESPN. He used to be on ESPN. He's a, a huge basketball personality um, as a sports journalist, but now he's more of like a podcast personality. The Ringer Network got bought, uh, purchased this year by Spotify. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So all their podcasts are, well, they're still available outside of Spotify, but that was a big, um, like $300 million purchase or something. Um, so he's he's got some, he ha- at least has clout in my circle. So mm-hmm. That how how are you feeling about those? That do you feel more interested in it after those <laughs> those bullet points or no? Can't say that I do. Okay, well then let's let's move on to Plan B. Um, we'll try to we'll try to make this pretty quick. So since since we have a a time machine that allows us to not just go back to the exact weekend in 1984, we can even go back multiple weeks before that. It's really incredible technology. Yeah, um, spent a lot of money on it. Yeah, I'm thinking about um, th- so these are in chronological order. Just a mat, like we might get a little worse of a nosebleed if we go back too far. So, oh so my fact- God. factor that in. Is uh, your hair okay? Yeah, no, my hair's a uh, uh, frizzing out. It's, it's quite quite hot here. So, <laughs> and I'm sweating. Footloose uh, came out early in 1984. This is Spinal Tap came out shortly after. Children of the Corn, great. Uh, child performances there. Splash. Do you know what Splash is? Daryl Hannah and Tom Hanks. Yeah, the Tom, Tom yeah. Hanks mermaid. Mermaid. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. I don't think I've seen that. Um, I've seen the other one so far. And then Police Academy, which if I have seen it, I don't really remember. Um, but that was a big. That was number. Um, let's see where that was still on the box office. Um, that was still at number seven on the box office list. Like several weeks later, eight weeks later. So <laughs> that was a big movie for the, for the year. Uh, so yeah, um, it sounds like I'm not going to try to convince you to watch a, the two and a half hour Robert Redford sports movie set in the forties. Uh, so it's two and against, a half hours against your will. Yeah. I left that off. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like we're going to be going with one of these five. Uh, I'll let both of y'all vote. And then of course I'll, I'll be the tiebreaker. So okay, <laughs> I'm just <Cool>. kidding. <laughs> it's a Great. democracy. We can we can come to a mutual agreement here. Okay. Well, I'm I want to take this is Spinal Top Tap off the list only because I have it and I've seen it a lot. Yeah. So I kind of want to watch a movie I haven't seen or haven't seen in a long time. Um, I'm with you. So I actually I don't really remember Splash that well, and I think mm-hmm. that would be fun to watch and something different. Mm-hmm. Um, Footloose, I've watched a couple of times, so that could be fun, but I'd rather Splash, I think, is my number one. No love for uh, COTC? Bacon? COTC. It's a punk band. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe you would, I don't know. Um, 
No, I mean, I saw Children of the Corn. I remember it vaguely, but I no, I'd rather see Splash. I watched it. I mean, I yeah, that would probably be my vote because it's the most in my wheelhouse. And I watched it not long ago, and it is. It goes it goes to some dark places in a in a good way, um, and some like gruesome places. But uh, Derek, what are you thinking? I am thinking Police Academy. You, do you I, do I you want the the I forget the actor's name, but he just does all those sound effects with his uh, mouth. Are you are you familiar? Like, do you remember that movie well? Yeah, I've seen seen Police Academy one several times for sure. Because I don't. I mean, which is a good either. which is a good thing potentially. Um, it, it, it's uh, frog guy. <laughs> Forget what his name is. Frogger. <laughs> no, it's like. Uh, <laughs> it, anyways. Yeah, I, 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 that was probably the biggest hit on the list. Um, Footloose was it was a hit, but um, so there's a there's a case for it in terms of you know popularity, and I'm trying to think of the different like I. I argument against something like children of the corn is we're going to cover horror and we're going to talk about you know it's 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 sort of in the same wheelhouse or camp as is what we just watched so i'm fine ruling that out so it's really just between splash and police academy i would say i'm leaning police academy because of it's like i don't really know what splash is probably kind of just an oddball i mean it is early tom hanks which is which isn't wait is it tom hanks Mm-hmm. yeah so that but would be I, interesting to see like i i don't know what it didn't like police academy represents an iconic 80s uh kind of like uh, slapstick comedy genre which we touched on with 16 candles but anyway i don't know what splash <laughs> covers, offers but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no that's I fine i would i was just looking at police academy too and it looked i was like okay like i could get behind this movie two or also also Okay, because there's like six of them. I have oh. to redeem myself, by the way. It's Bobcat Goldweight. Oh, yeah. Oh, Bobcat. I thought it was Frog. <laughs> he's, he's had an interesting um, modern career as a, as a director. Yeah, he was a stand-up comic, I guess, and, and also mm-hmm. comedic actor. Um, but he's had sort of a, a late stage resurgence. Okay, well, so we're there in agreement, go. Police Academy? Yeah. Derek, hit the trailer. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> You have to you have to uh, wait for the the commercial for Police Academy until next week. If you want to be first in line to hear that episode, you should subscribe to our podcast by searching "New Release 1984" on Spotify or Apple or Stitcher or anywhere else um, that you get podcast. We are about to wrap up, but stick around if you want to hear us briefly discuss some 2020 new releases. Finally. Yeah. They're almost spoiled it earlier. Uh, actually, name, name that tune. Fire starter. <laughs> Who's the fire starter? <laughs> All right. That was that was fun. Uh let's let's get back in the time machine for the third time if we have the energy. And my nose is bleeding a lot. Yeah. yeah. I'm just all over the place. <laughs> just just uh, dripping in my beer. <laughs> the, Bloody the, beer. The, nice. It was so like the dad like carried around a a 
a nose bloody nose rag and like it was just it was yeah anyway we're <laughs> we're done with firestarter and on to some 2020 shows ashley what um what have you been watching i've been watching run on hbo uh um, but i only watched two episodes okay well Keep that in I'm, mind. okay uh, so <laughs> it's basically about um this woman who has family and kids gets a random text from someone and it just says run mm-hmm. and then she responds run and then she gets on a flight and takes a train to meet up with this person who ends up being her ex from college and yeah i don't yeah. know how far two episodes go so I I to, wanna... i'm trying to google some 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 names um Domhnall gleason is the dude i forget the the lady character's name yeah um, and then uh phoebe waller bridge is is sort of involved as a as a her friend Vicky something is the the creator of the show, but it's got like this combination of of styles, kind of like Fleabag, where um, it's it's much more of a like thriller, but there's some there's plenty of dark comedy mixed mm-hmm. in as well. I loved the tone of the first two episodes. I'm not I'm not I don't know really why I'm not watching it week to week, but it's one of those shows where I'm really I'll be really excited to just kind of binge the whole season. I'll probably just wait. Um, a couple more weeks till the last one comes out but how many have you watched you're, you're just I'm up. up to date so it's either yeah. four or five but it's re- it's really good yeah I was I was really excited for it to come out and then yeah I watched it and it's it's like it's weird with these um, not probably not since girls shout out to the best <laughs> HBO show and the show that introduced us to, to AD yeah um, <laughs> it's probably not since then that like I watched a half hour show when it came out like week to week, even though this isn't a com- I mean, this is a, a, not, that was a dramedy and this is a, uh, uh, thrillity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd say it's more of a drama than a comedy. A com thrill. Yeah. Okay. Well, a drama is just like <laughs> all encompassing, but, um, yeah, but it doesn't have a lot of like comedic, so I would just say in general, it's more of like a drama kind of thriller, but but we'll yeah, see. The, the their chemistry is really interesting. Like mm-hmm. it's a clearly they had bad elements to their relationship. Um, you get I'm like I like I said, I've only seen two episodes, so you and they just throw the characters into this really dramatic scenario with the with the text. Like it's in terms of like conveying. Um, cinematically like something as mundane as as getting a text message i'd have to go back and rewatch that scene to just describe it better but when she first is in her car and gets that text and it it's like shot in this in this uh maybe it just shows just the editing or the close-ups on the phone i don't know i haven't seen such like compelling texting uh, where they don't like they don't like put text bubbles on the screen or anything they like Mm -hmm. show it on the phone but it's just really well edited and then the other cool thing is I love shows and movies that are kind of like one location for the most part. They have to use, it's, it's basically Snowpiercer where <laughs> they, <laughs> they get off the train a couple times, but um, in the first two episodes, but for the most part, you like go up and down <laughs> this, this very linear like uh, uh, setting. So I think that's, that's pretty neat. Um, Derek, I, you've probably heard me talk about Run. Are you, are you getting super hyped to watch it? Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. 
perfect. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, yeah. I was just gonna say it also has like a slow, like intensity, like slow build, which I really like. I like being thrown into something you have no idea what's going on, and then it's like you're figuring it out with them, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Cool. It doesn't. So. It like purposely withholds information, mm-hmm. which could be annoying if it's not done well. But it's it's done really well here. Mm-hmm. Um, so something y'all y'all two have both seen uh and derek's seen uh, seven <laughs> out of eight episodes of because uh, killing me <laughs> he stopped before the finale uh one of the most hyped up shows of the year i'd say especially amongst my friend circles is devs on fx on hulu um if you want to know how that works i've explained it in my newsletter in uh, exhaustive detail <laughs> <laughs> so Anyway, it's like it's Alex Garland, the guy who made Ex Machina and um, Annihilation, and now he got to make a eight-part movie. Basically, I mean, it's a show, but there was never there was never plans for more than one season or anything like that. So, I I've talked about it a lot. I'm kind of devs out. So, um, Ashley, what what do you, what do you think? And then we'll let Derek explain why it sucks. Okay. Fair. Uh, no, I fin- so I finished it yesterday, so pretty fresh. But I won't talk about the ending for you, Derek, or anyone else um, until next week. Yeah. So it's just basically about a think like Google, Ten but seconds. AI. No, uh, I think like more like a company like a Google, but it's like AI and development. Um, I don't know how to explain. It. I don't know how to explain it without explaining it for like. You don't have to minutes. explain it. Just people have seen oh. it. Just what do you what okay, do you like cool. about it? Um, I think it's very beautifully shot. Interesting. Like, <laughs> you don't sorry, think Derek. it looks? You don't think it looks fake and cheap? No, I think it looks incredible. Weird. Like, I don't either, but someone does. <laughs> <laughs> like the this electromagnetic, is... like the um, their devs like headquarters. I don't forgot what it's called, but oh my God. it's called devs. Okay, I've got a lot to <laughs> say. It, well, I mean, like, I didn't know if that was like their like their headquarters or whatever their secret spot is. Yeah, their devs layer or base or yeah. Yeah, their home base. But it's I called think devs. That's really it's cool. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Whatever. Um, I think that's pretty cool. I think the acting is really good. Like the main characters. <laughs> Derek, I don't care. We don't have to agree on everything. But no, I don't know. I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. Um. I don't. We'll wait till you finish it because I want to talk about that part. But yeah, there's definitely. <clears throat> I, I think uh, you know. I can't wait for Derek to 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 explain himself here. I'm but leash my anger towards the show. <laughs> oh, but no. I'll, I'll just say like it's really interesting to me, and I'm and I we have sort of a um, sarcastic tone here, so I don't. I'm not trying to make Derek's opinion seem like invalid by by any means because that's what opinions opinions are for <laughs> um i just think it's really a genuinely interesting uh the things that derek picked up on is weaknesses of the show uh, are what's probably being praised the most like maybe maybe once he explains it we can figure out like if it's if there's a, a different angle to it than mm-hmm. what other people are praising but anyway that's enough that's enough build up derek is it about derek? time that i i can start talking okay yeah go ahead let's, let's hear it uh-huh. all right went into the show drew and all of our friend group really like it um and so i'm gonna preface this with i haven't finished it and i do like the show uh but uh, three episodes in it really was throwing me off mm-hmm. so 
um, there's obviously a low budget these weird and what's funny is Ashley you're talking about these shots of the devs like building yeah uh super cheesy super cheesy uh and I I can't I don't have any specific examples and by the way I'm just gonna shit on the show for a few minutes (laughs) Uh, there's it's horrible editing in the first few episodes uh, the acting is horrible. Nick Offerman, <laughs> who I love. The acting is deadpan, for sure. That's undeniable. Whether uh, you think that was a good choice or not. It's, I don't it's, know. Uh, Nick Offerman's hair is distracting. I'll give you that. Yeah, the sound effects are good, but, but dude, they... So I didn't know that uh, the creator or the director made Ex Machina. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. I was shitting on the show through uh, iMessage with Drew and our friends... I said, like, this reminds me of Ex Machina, but, like, <laughs> shittier. I didn't realize that it was the same, same person. I don't even, I mean, Ex Machina is awesome. Mm-hmm. Annihilation's, like, visually awesome and, and complicated. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think, it, it wouldn't necessarily be an insult to say Ex Machina is, is, is better and more, like, a tighter story and, and, and kind of covers a lot of the same ground better. And the performances aren't deadpan. They're like very animated. Oscar Isaac mm-hmm. is, is and, and our boy Domino Gleason uh, is, are both like giving very charismatic performances. These are like, these characters are anti charismatic intentionally. Right. Um, but. Jesus, can I, but, can I, can yeah. I take yeah. the conversation again? Go for yes. it. Uh, the main character, that, that girl that's got the short hair. Lily. Yeah, Lily. So fucking boring. Um, <laughs> so I like Lily. the philosophical stuff in the show could be really interesting, which it right. does build up towards the, the end of the season, but it's it's so vague in the first several episodes mm-hmm. where it's like, unless you're aware of what they're trying to get across, like a, a, an average listener would have no idea what they're talking about. I mean, uh, sorry to keep uh, cutting no, you no, off, uh, but uh, uh. okay, fine. I'll Let Derek finish. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just reading through our text message thread. I said, it's like if I thought you had the notes. Matrix had interns who told him what he already knew. Okay, so, and then the next, the next uh, critique, or rather issue with it, is that it's on Hulu and they have commercials. So that does not help at all, from my perspective. You got to pony up the extra uh, seven bucks or six bucks. Uh, I, Jamie I, is a big advocate of the commercial-free Hulu. Yeah, and a um, big supporter of my commercial-free Hulu <laughs> by paying for it. <laughs> but aside from everything I just said, I mean, I like the premise of the show. The acting does get better. It it doesn't take me out of it as much as it did in the beginning. But I yeah, I I have issues with the show. Uh, do you want to respond to that, Ashley, or should I? Uh, Why don't you go for it? Well, I mean, I just really want to talk about it when you finish it. Yeah. So I don't want to like. I think it's way easier to critique or like have like beefs with the, with some story stuff. The philosophy at times the show like lays it out too directly, I would say early on. I mean, it's, it's uh, to sum it up, there's, there's a, there's two competing theories. One is determinism, which the dev system is relying on that means everything is predetermined on rails and if you can predict the past and map out everything in the past you can actually map out the future um, mm-hmm. so that's spoiler that's what they're doing at devs multiverse uh, 
but it, the the tension is whether or not that um theory is hogwash because of like comic books and other like things like spider-man into the multiverse have shown us that maybe there are infinite versions of every reality um every person and we're just living in one of them and if that's the case then the whole determinism nick offerman's whole philosophy is out the window and um he can't ever bring his he can't ever see his actual daughter again because it won't be if one if one strand on her hair is different then it's not his amaya um so that's the two i i, I feel like it was both uh, let me know if you agree with this derek like i thought the philosophy was it made me feel smarter like i was getting it but mm -hmm. it wasn't like so you know even when they have that they have that lecture scene where that was probably where they get as scientific about it as they do at any point. And I was like, okay, I, I get it enough to feel smart. I mean, they are bringing up these larger, uh, you know, topics that um, multiverse and quantum physics. But uh, if you've ever read a book about psychedelics or anybody that's taken psychedelics, you would read, and these are like common things that they, they yeah. learn. But the show just tries to make it so like grandiose, yeah. grandois, grandiose, whatever. Um, and they're they're making these very common realizations. Uh, well, more more grand than they really should be. That's that. But, I mean, that's fair. Like the mu. I mean, the music. If you're talking about grandiosity, then <laughs> yeah. then I will. I absolutely love love the score. Um, probably the best. The score like, is dope. But it yeah, just, it's amazing. It, did I not say that the score was great, but they just didn't fit in with the shitty shots that they put them against? Well, that's maybe that's that's. What I I mean, I see where you're I coming am from. shitting on the show. Just let me know when <laughs> I should stop. No, who cares, dude? No, it's fine. <laughs> like we, I didn't make it. Um, no, I thought you did. Yeah, okay. I, I, I wish. Um, no. Then I'd be shitting on you from my ivory tower. So, ew. Yeah. <laughs> that's like my porcelain. Anyway. It, yeah, I, got it. <laughs> I get I get what you're saying because the grant the if you if you're not if you're not buying into the visuals and you're not mesmerized by what you're seeing on mute then when when the 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 bing like the mm -hmm. like the the buzzing like sounds come in and the reflecting gold like pillars show up on screen with horrible the sound. fucking CGI by the way those I I mean I so I, distracting See, I I think it's it's cool. Like I had the opposite response. Like when they I did too. When I see those things on screen, <clears throat> it's it's awe inspiring. And the fact that you, um, your your objective reality. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is one thing that Drew and I always have is your your objective reality. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I'll accept that. that. Which like is an you oxymoron know, because things that seem objective are obviously subjective. You know, I. Again, I think it might be the fact that Hulu had commercials and that was pissing me off. <laughs> it definitely takes you out of the, the vibe. Well, it does come, and they always like random, they're like random. They're not like a good moment. It's always mm. like, oh, this is important commercial. And you're like, cool. I'll and just it's wait. like, rescue me, uh, this firefighter show, which is really awesome. But you <laughs> oh, see the yeah. fucking same uh, ad five times in the same episode. It's like, all right. Dennis Leary, nice. Good show. Yeah, comedian. He's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, like, I, I can't say it enough. I think it's cool that you've had a, 
you know me as a as a contrarian type yeah Yeah, an idiot (laughs) idiot savant contrarian type uh i'm all for trying to like mount a a, like break things down counter take yeah i mean even if Mm -hmm. as long as i believe in it i mean i don't do it just just for the heck of it but my mind like naturally goes into like oh what's the flip side of your point Uh, so i mean i just it's it's an interesting position because I haven't heard the flip side. I've heard people critique, does the message get really uh, jumbled by the end? What are they even saying yes, it thematically? Well, wait till you get to the end. Well, just wait till the well, end. Talk yeah, about, okay. like, the actual, the actual <laughs> you know, final point. Dude, when, when I was sending those texts, uh, I will admit I was a bit drunk, a bit angry at Hulu for the commercials. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was, and as I was watching it, yeah, and the hype exactly. That's a that's mm-hmm. super important actually, um, which we we can talk about later. But the the reason why you liked Batman versus Superman because you didn't Did I? listen to the hype. Yeah, when you went to see it in theaters. Anyway. Oh so, right, right, right. Because I had w- no expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one I had <laughs> high expectations. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's fair. It, and I, I, but and you have like a really specific reason for some of those expectations not being immediately met you were quick to point out during those texts that you were still watching <laughs> so <laughs> there was that and you you know you watched seven yeah. episodes and and you probably would have already finished if you realized there were only eight um so you're gonna finish the show and you're excited to see how it turns out right right yeah or curious I'm, see i'm saying like i'm also salty about commercials which i've already talked about yeah Especially to the same back to back. Yeah, I don't know, man. Jesus but have you Christ. watched a show that's like a mini series on Hulu that the commercials you didn't play a part in your opinion of it? You know, like have Drew, you watched you another show this for like me? that? It's always gonna be like, oh, no, well, I, I hate yeah. Hulu. Okay, absolutely <laughs> hate Hulu. There Got is, it. yeah, there is one uh, no, notable exception. Uh, man, I don't know if we've even talked about this show yet somehow but derek and i used to watch riverdale episodes oh, streaming dude. on the cw app yes so with this commercials. is the exact yeah. opposite of <laughs> hating hulu commercials because yeah we would always get super excited when the riverdale starts with like a cold open where it just goes into the first scene of the episode and then it gets to this really dramatic point and then cuts to the, the the water fall on the the tree background and flashes on riverdale and then <laughs> and then goes to commercials and like we need a minute to cool off um <laughs> and then you know the, i would say all the and then it does it again at the end like did we need all the commercials during the middle of riverdale maybe not but that beginning commercial is like it's cool um gives you a little time to like decompress it's mm-hmm. also edited to be shown on tv and tv shows that are air on 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 things that have commercials are edited they're even written around those breaks so mm-hmm. it's interesting i didn't watch dubs with commercials and i didn't know sometimes you can notice those those break points i can't remember if i noticed any any or not but maybe they didn't edit it like that and it felt I- even weirder yeah, I watched it with commercials, so that was very annoying. Did well, you have that a trial, and Ashley. Sorry. Actually, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted. Oh no, I was just saying that 
a minute and a half of commercials, like five times an episode. It's pretty ridiculous. So I can relate to that. It did take you out of the movie or the show a little bit because it's like such an intense show. Um, but I still enjoyed it overall. So cool. Without um, commercials, would have been better. But wait, wait. Just have one more text to reread. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> oh, let's run a program to tell the near future of a dead rat. Oh, and just stop telling the future of a dead rat. No, but go ahead and continue to trial. Oh, we're going to run out of memory. Wouldn't hurt. Uh, this isn't <laughs> translating very well. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I didn't. Uh, I, I, they're, they're just there's like, a magic to the show, and if you're not, I mean, if, if, if it doesn't feel magical to you, then that's a problem when they're talking about uh seeing the future of a dead rat a dead rat comes back to life and then eats cheese and then they're like oh well we should should we upgrade our memory so we could keep seeing it and they're like nah don't worry about it it's like what the <laughs> fuck as a as a former geek squad employee i think you're you're focusing on the wrong <laughs> the wrong things a little bit Dude, but i am i agree i <laughs> My issues with the show, I think, come from my technical background or technical. Yeah, and I, they they take huge liberties with the way they visualize the tech. It's kind of like the uh, a totally different version of having Drew Barrymore's hair blowing in the wind. Like, there's it wouldn't be very cool to look at the code on someone's computer for the 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 whole, you know the whole eight hours of the series they need to come up with these like ways to visualize technology and i thought that they, they, they were awesome and inventive the way they show kind of like um this grainy like sandy uh visualization of stuff but it makes no sense technology wise and yeah i see you shaking your head um <laughs> nice. yeah well that sums it up no <laughs> yeah if you're looking if you're evaluating it on whether it's realistic tech it's not i mean but like i mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff so again just yeah. these philosophies of uh quantum mechanics and quantum computing and stuff it anyways it, it just didn't didn't get me yeah. i know more than the show mm -hmm. is presenting me but not I the mean, average the average person does right exactly yeah so, and i'm not saying yeah. the average person who likes it is uh dumb or uh, right or well ignorant. not it's just these things i've already i'm, I'm already aware of or well, yeah, thought and, about you know well yeah. that and like say if you were like a philosophy major you're obviously watching it from that iTunes you're like oh like that's not you know so there's all the different perspectives based I mean, on your it, audiences but everyone's seen everyone knows the the philosophical dilemma of like uh are things predetermined or is, is right. fate is there <laughs> you know is there such thing as fate I mean that's that's one of that's you know like kindergarten stuff but mm -hmm. but applying it to simulation? applying it to technology <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's I think they explain stuff in ways that I certainly hadn't thought about before. Um, you maybe you spend more time thinking about like these different um, uh, parallel existences and stuff. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think it's a smart show. Uh, but like, yeah, not it's not pure. It's not a philosophy lesson, but let's let's talk about it next week in the ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. No more devs. Talk. I canceled my uh, Hulu subscription, so I'm never gonna finish it. Well, that's a shame. <laughs> I will. I'll finish it. I'll finish it. Okay. Yeah, it would be Sorry. Uh, that was me just shitting on a show. I haven't shit on a show ever that that bad. 
Well, the, the thing is, you don't watch that many shows and you don't keep watching shows that you don't like. So watch Dave. Secret, secretly, <laughs> I you, will. Secretly, you love it. Um, I do like it. Uh, it. It has panned out to be awesome. Anyway, yeah. we, we can move on. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't want to. I've, I've, a lot of people have talked about normal people. It's, I mentioned wait, wait, it last week. Can we week. go back to devs? Sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Ashley, did you watch any normal people on Hulu? I watched two episodes. I'm still debating if I want to keep watching it or not. Yeah, I'll I'll just save it for when or when you do or don't watch. But I strongly recommend you keep going. I mean, I knew I was going to be sort of like um, interested in this type of show, like a teen romance, but it's set mm -hmm. in a different in a unfamiliar setting of of ireland and um it's actually way uh different in tone than any of the the like teen soap operas that i normally watch so it's very quiet and and you use the word slow it it is it's like it's it is slow but i mean that's mm -hmm. that's like actually what becomes a big virtue in my opinion and it doesn't it's not hard to to like keep going so I'll actually, it really keep, clicked I'll with me after a couple episodes, but but I'll be curious to see if um, it's another situation where if you I haven't heard anyone have a negative opinion of it yet. So if you do end up finding it like too slow to keep going, I would be really curious to to hear that side of hear that perspective. Okay. So yeah, that's all I got. Me too. Y'all good to good to wrap it. Oh yeah. All right. Till next week. <laughs> That's it. <laughs>